You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and on this edition of the podcast, we're going to be looking ahead to Arsenal's trip to West Brom in the Carabao Cup. Really, really uh, looking forward uh, to this game because it's got an added kind of importance, hasn't it, given that Arsenal have struggled at the start of the season. Now, I know a lot of fans would have said, well, there is no European football for Arsenal this season. Therefore, the cup competitions become even more significant. But for me, I'm still very much of, of the opinion that the league has to be the priority. And I've got to say, had Arsenal not been in the position that they are currently, had Arsenal had a better start to the season, I would certainly uh, be playing some more of the fringe players. But I think given the absentees, given the issues that we have, given the start to the season, I do think Arsenal need to take this one very seriously and we need to get off the mark, don't we, in terms of a victory. Uh, so the game, as I say, has added significance and fingers crossed uh, we can get things sorted. Uh or, or, or going, I should say, rather than sorted. Uh, a few hellos to those of you in the chat. Hope you guys are well. Uh, Said says, nice hairstyle, Harry. Yep, I haven't uh, calmed it down yet today, so I thought I'd go uh, with the wild look for you guys. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> love this one from Banos. He says, uh, tell me your Cypriot without telling me your Cypriot, basically referring to the fact that the stream started a couple of minutes late for those of you watching us live. I do apologize. Um, I got engrossed in a conversation I was having on WhatsApp uh, about about Arsenal. And basically, uh, I, I got carried away. I looked up and I went, God, it's, it's gone 12. I should have been live by now. Uh, so I do apologize for that. Uh, welcome. Hope everyone's well. And uh, let's get into it. So um, Arsenal trip to West Brom. Obviously, the last time we went to the Hawthorns was back in March. Uh, and it was during Arsenal's really, really positive run, wasn't it? Uh, and of course, we won by four goals to nil. So one of our better uh, showings last season. Good performance on the road. Couldn't really complain off the back of that one. But Arsenal... I think are in a different place now. You know, I know that that was in the second half of last season in which Arsenal did show an upturn, did show that they were starting to click, starting to uh, understand what it was that Mikel was looking to do. We we shifted the formation. We had Emil Smith-Rowe, Bukayo Saka, Kieran Tierney all at the top of their game. Alexander Lacazette was in really good form at that point as well. And obviously now things are very, very different. And we're talking about a team with players missing. We're talking about a team down on confidence. We're talking about a manager whose back is up against the wall. No matter how much you like him, no matter how much you want to defend him, um, you know, it, it is something that is undeniable. Arsenal are in a bad spot at the moment and Mikel needs things to turn around sooner rather than later. Now, those of you who tuned in to the shows yesterday uh, will have probably noticed that I was a little bit downbeat about Arsenal. I was a little bit frustrated. I was a little bit frustrated with the kind of reactions of some others, reactions that I believed to kind of be a little bit over the top, a little bit extreme. I felt like 
there were people out there who were waiting for Arsenal to fail so that they could make this big deal and make this big issue. And and it was frustrating. It was disappointing. And I'd been hammered on social media, uh, you know, post the Chelsea game as if it was me personally responsible for Arsenal not performing on the day and all of that. And I was I was fed up and I was really fed up. And I went out last night and I had a couple of drinks, caught up with some friends, really enjoyed myself. And I feel a lot more positive again today. Uh, so looking forward uh, to taking you through this podcast, but as well uh, taking you through the game tonight. Now, remember, we are bringing you a live watch along this evening. Lots of you have been asking for them over the first couple of weeks of the season. Unfortunately, it is going to be more difficult for me to do them uh, this season than it was last because we're back at the games, which means I'm there and it means that I can't always uh, jump on and do a watch along. However, tonight we are bringing you one and I'm not just doing it by myself. I'm going to be joined by the brilliant Mike Stavrou of Metro Sport, uh, former Talk Sport as well. He is going to be right here on the sofa alongside me and we're going to be bringing you live coverage of the game. So, we're going to be talking through the team news. We're going to be talking a little bit about Arsenal's current state uh, live on air from 7.45. And during the match, we'll be bringing you a loose commentary of what is going on, as well as discussing anything that comes up during the game. We'll be taking your questions at halftime, uh, which is going to be great. And we'll be bringing you a post-match reaction podcast after the game finishes. So lots and lots of content coming your way uh, around this game between West Bromwich Albion and Arsenal. So in terms of how I would set up tonight, well, I've, I've been thinking about this and, you know, I think my viewpoint on this and my outlook on this probably would have been very, very different had Arsenal got a result against Chelsea. But the fact that they didn't, the fact that they are going into this under a lot of pressure uh, for me means that where you might normally, as I say, pick fringe players, in the Carabao Cup, see it as an opportunity to give people rest, see it as an opportunity to give some who haven't played much football yet uh, some minutes. I think that the whole, you know, the whole approach here has to be very, very different because Arsenal, as I say, backs up against the wall and are in desperate need of a victory to kickstart our season. Now, I put on Twitter earlier on that we need to pick a strong team. We need to go out there and we need to make a statement. And people were, were coming back and saying, what kind of statement is it beating West Brom? It's not a statement. We're Arsenal Football Club. Well, it's not a statement if you compare it to kind of in in terms of how we've been in the past. But it's an opportunity for Arsenal and for this group of players to go out on the pitch and prove that they are on it, that they are at it, that they do want to succeed in what I believe is going to be a very tricky away fixture. When you think about Carabao Cup ties, OK, now obviously we're in the second round this time around because of our... Um, our failure to qualify for Europe last season. But when you think about the ties that you can get in this round, this is as probably as difficult as they come. You're playing against a team at the top of the championship, a team who went down last season, but uh, are expected in many people's eyes to bounce back uh, straight away. They've picked up three wins and a draw from their first four fixtures. And so they are in good form. There'll be a crowd at the Hawthorns under the lights. I do not anticipate this being an easy fixture. And I think anybody who's sitting there going, well, anything other than a 5-0 Arsenal win is not acceptable, is, is completely deluded and being totally naive. West Brom will be up for this. Make no mistake about that. For me, this is about Arsenal getting a victory. I don't care if it comes... Um, 
with a 4-0 win where we blow them away or if it comes with Arsenal bundling the ball over the goal line from a set piece in the 94th minute. I don't care how it comes. Arsenal just need to register a win. It's so important to get that monkey off of our back at this point in the season. And I think it helps confidence-wise going into the game against City at the weekend. Now, I don't think that we're going to beat City at the weekend and we'll talk a lot more about that on Friday when we're previewing it. But it's, um, you know, it's important that we pick up a win and it's important that we get off to a or kickstart our season that has obviously started at the start. So the starting 11 I would go with, and we'll start with a back line. I'm just going to share my screen uh, for those of you watching us on YouTube. Don't worry if you're listening via the audio. I'll be uh, talking you through it as well. Uh, so in goal, this was a big question for me. I wasn't sure uh, what we should do here because I've talked a lot so far in the show about the need to play the strongest possible team. And I think in Mikel Arteta's mind, right, Bern Leno is still the number one goalkeeper. However, I'm not against Ramsdale coming in here tonight. In fact, I think he should play. If you spend close to £25 million on a goalkeeper, you have to give him opportunities. And what better time to give him an opportunity than in the Carabao Cup? I mean, if you're not going to give him an opportunity in the Carabao Cup, then when the hell is he going to play? So for me, Aaron Ramsdale should come in tonight. He's proven himself um, in terms of having played at the highest level. He's played in the Premier League for a couple of seasons. Okay, in in a lot of people's eyes, those seasons weren't weren't the greatest and and we know that the teams got relegated, etc., etc. But Aaron Ramsdale is not someone that's never played at the highest level, who's never... Uh, played the English game, who doesn't know anything about it, who's been thrown in at the deep end. He's had a few days to train with the team now. I think now you've got to pick him. And it gives us as a fan, uh, as fans the opportunity to look at him in an Arsenal shirt. Hopefully not the Arsenal away shirt, which that was weird, wasn't it? Arsenal asking Berlino to wear that on the weekend. Strange. Now, I think the centre-back pairing picks itself because of the players that we have unavailable. Uh, you know, Gabriel has returned to training, which is obviously positive news, but he's not going to be ready uh, for this game. He wouldn't have had a pre-season either because of that injury or it was largely disrupted. And with Ben White still missing due to COVID, our back four, uh, for me, picks, or our back two, I should say, the two centre-backs picks itself. Uh, moving on to the left-back position, well, we know that Kieran Tierney is the number one left-back. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if Mikel Arteta decides to play Nuno Tavares there. I wouldn't be surprised just because Kieran Tierney um, has uh, obviously got a bit of a track record of breaking down. He he went off, didn't he, uh, against Chelsea at the weekend. It was with cramp and we were told that there's nothing serious there. But I just feel like, uh, you know, maybe Mikel Arteta might take the view that Kieran Tierney needs a break and maybe he'd prefer to have him fit and ready for the game uh, at Man City on Saturday. But for me, you got to pick the strongest team and that means Kieran Tierney playing at left back. Didn't have a good game at the weekend, but that was partly down to the way we set up as well, as we've talked about on numerous occasions. And I guess the big question mark in that defence is at right back. Who plays at right back? I didn't think Cedric looked very good um, at the weekend. I didn't think he looked bad, but I didn't think he looked sharp enough. And considering we'd heard in the lead up to the opening game of the season about how well he'd done and how much he was impressing Mikel Arteta on the training ground and that there was a chance we'd start the season with him at right back. I was quite disappointed to see him look 
quite a long way off the pace. Um, I don't think that Chelsea were uh, or caused us the most damage down their left, our right. I think they obviously, based on the two goals, created us more problems down the other flank. But yeah, um, I think taking into account everything tonight and, and taking into account the way I expect West Bromwich Albion to play, I think Mikel Arteta will probably go with Callum Chambers. And I think I would probably go with Callum Chambers. Spoken about it before, I don't really think he's a right back, but I think he gives us a bit more aerial presence. And you know that uh, West Brom, based on what we've seen of them, like to kind of um, direct long balls out to the wide areas as well as through the middle. And I think that Callum Chambers uh, could help. A lot of people in the in the comments are not pleased with my selection of Pablo Marie. I, I genuinely think he's going to play. And I'll tell you what, don't judge Pablo Marie on a performance against Romelu Lukaku. I mean, there are only a handful of centre-halves in the world that I would back. Uh, to to be able to handle Romelu Lukaku. He's that much stronger. He's that much more physical. He's that much more of a handful. Um, you know, and I, I just can't see how, yes, Pablo Marie got, did get ragdolled, was the term that we used, wasn't it, the other day by Romelu Lukaku. But it's, 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 it's Romelu Lukaku, and I don't think you should read too much into that. Plus, we're not exactly blessed with options. Believe me, if Gabriel and Ben White will fit, he would not be in my starting lineup. But they're not. They're not. Um, you know, the two games in which Pablo Maria struggled with at the start of this season, Brentford, I thought he looked uh, a little bit, you know, out of sorts. But again, two physical strikers played up against uh, played up against him. The same happened against Chelsea with, with Romelu Lukaku. And, and I'd play him, you know, I'd play him because I don't think we've got any other option. Callum Chambers at centre-back, some of you are saying, not for me. Not for me. Um, don't see it. Uh, so this is the team I'd go with. And I know I'm going to get some criticism for that. And that is absolutely fine. But that is the back four I would go with. So Kieran Tierney at left back, Pablo Marin holding in the centre-back positions with Callum Chambers at right back. And of course, Aaron Ramsdale getting his first Arsenal start and making his Arsenal debut in between the sticks. Now, moving into the midfield, again, it's another position where we are limited by injuries. In an ideal world, you'd love to have Thomas Partey in there, but we don't. He's not fit. He's not available. And I expect Mikel Arteta, and I would go with Granit Xhaka, and I would go with Lokonga. I'd like to see Granit Xhaka drop into those holes a little bit more than he did against Chelsea. I thought he did it in the second half uh, a lot more, and I think we look more solid as a result of that. Partly that and partly because... Obviously, Chelsea took their foot off the gas being 2-0 up. But Xhaka was at his best last season when he was dropping into these holes here in between the left back and the left centre back, almost giving that platform for Tierney to bomb on down the left hand side. I think that's really important that he does that again, rather than trying to press high up the pitch. Spoke about it before. If we are going to ask him to play high up the pitch, pressing people, he is going to look like a fish out of water. Let's be honest about that. OK, so either you play him in the way that makes him the most effective, i.e. the way he played last season, or you don't flip him, pick him at all. That's that's my my view on this. And Mikel Arteta has got to make his mind up about what exactly he wants to do. Is there a chance uh, that we see El Nenny in the midfield? Yeah, there's a chance. Uh, talk about it being an opportunity for some of those players that haven't had game time uh, just yet to to get in there uh, and and prove themselves but you know I I'm not sure that that 
I would do that. And remember, these are the team. This is the team that I would pick, not the team that I necessarily believe Mikel Arteta is going to pick. Now, moving a little bit further forward into that more advanced midfield position, I want to see Martin Odegaard come into the team. We need some kind of lift. And what better way to get that lift than by bringing in a new sign-in? Obviously, he was here last season, but a player that most of us, not all of us, most of us uh, are quite pleased to have back at the club. So he plays there for me. Now, on the left-hand side, I'm not playing Bukayo Saka because he looked out of sorts to me at the weekend. He look, he still looks unfit. He still doesn't look sharp enough. I'm also conscious of putting too much pressure on him. After what happened in the summer, I feel like he needs to be eased back into the picture. And so for me, I'm going to put Emil Smith-Rowe out there. I think he's when he has played there with Odegaard in the side as well, he's actually looked really good. He's actually looked really effective. The fact that those two can interchange positions causes havoc for defences. It make, gives us a bit more technical stability, I believe, in the final third, because I do think that technically, in terms of his passing, etc., Emil Smith-Rowe is at a higher level than Saka. I think he's less likely to give the ball away. You trust him more in tight spaces with the ball at his feet. And also, Emil Smith-Rowe's ability to run in from the flank is something that is really underrated. Plus, by doing that, he obviously creates that space for Tierney to come down the left-hand side, which we know he loves to do. So for me, it's Emil Smith-Rowe on the left. On the right-hand side, I'm going with Nicolas Pepe. Now, again, another player that has received criticism off the back of that game against Chelsea. But the reality is Nicolas Pepe is a confidence player. OK, and we've seen once he gets going, once he starts flowing, he can cause teams problems. He remains, despite what people say about him, one of our biggest goal threats. The stats prove it. Look at him last season. Look at his return last season. Only Aubameyang and Lacazette scored more goals than Nicolas Pepe. And even then it was close. I think there was one goal between Pepe uh, and Aubameyang, if I'm not mistaken. I am just pulling that out of the back of my head, so I don't know if it is uh, exactly right, but it was something like that. So Pepe for me is uh, is a starter. And then up top, I'm going with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Now, Again, a player who hasn't been at his best and hasn't been at his best for a long while. But I do believe that Aubameyang is at his best when he's got the technical security of Martin Odegaard and Emil Smith-Rowe around him. I think those two are capable of opening defences, of playing those balls in behind, the balls that he thrives on, the balls that he likes uh, to get on the end of. So I am uh, keen to see how this will work with Smith-Rowe and Odegaard uh, in support of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Pictures today uh, being released on the Arsenal Twitter feed of Alexander Lacazette back in training. We know he's back in training, but how fit is he going to be? He's obviously missed, uh, I think it was five, six days of training with uh, with COVID. So, um, you know, I don't know whether he'll be ready to start the game, but this is what I would go with. So my starting eleven to face West Bromwich Albion this evening at the Hawthorns in the Carabao Cup second round is Aaron Ramsdale in goal. Back four of Callum Chambers, Rob Holding, Pablo Marie and Kieran Tierney. In midfield, I'm going with Xhaka and Lakonga. I'm going to stick... Um I'm going to stick Martin Odegaard in the number 10 position. On the left, I'm going to go with Emil Smith-Rowe. On the right, I'm going to go with Nicolas Pepe. And through the middle, I'm going to go with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. If Mikel Arteta starts messing around with his team, if he puts Balogun up front, if he... Somehow shoehorns Martinelli in there somewhere. If he picks um, Mohamed El Nenny, then then you got to ask questions, right? And and I will. I'm saying this to you now, and I, I will 
be true to my word. If if he does mess about with the team too much tonight and we don't get the result, then there are going to be serious questions asked and he's going to get a backlash. A backlash that, quite frankly, he'd have brought on himself. I've got sympathy uh, for the fact that you know, we've had players missing at the start of the season and the disruption that has caused behind the scenes. But for me, you need the win, Mikel. You're desperate. They're, the majority of the fan base want your head now. So you have to get the win. And so messing around with the team and bringing in players that you don't feel are, are representative of your best 11 is asking for trouble. I, I really do think that. So Mikel, urging you, if you are listening to this. You're obviously not, but if you were, uh, I'd like to think that you might one day. If you were, if you are, make sure that you pick the strongest team available and you get into these players. You know, you let them know that what the situation is. You let them know that people are not happy. I'm sure they know, but you you really drive it home and you really drive that message across to the team because what we've seen so far has been really, really disappointing. I always talk about the other uh, circumstances as well and and what's been happening around the club and the impact that that's had. But there is no excuse for getting knocked out of the Carabao Cup in the second round. There is no excuse for losing to a championship side. Um, and and I'm certainly not going to defend him if he does mess around with the team and we pay for that. So uh, big night for Mikel, big night for Arsenal. Let me know in the chat box uh, what you're thinking. Get some questions in there as well for the second half of the show. Uh, really look forward to hearing from you. I'm going to bring you up to date on a couple of news bits and pieces uh, whilst you flood that chat box with uh, questions. Just a quick bit of housekeeping as well. Just a reminder that this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. So uh, get yourselves a uh, Manscaped lawnmower 4.0. 90 minutes worth of charge. 90 minutes worth of charge is incredible. Uh, get involved. Give yourself a bit of a tidy up downstairs. I'm sure your partner will thank you and join more than 2 million men who currently Manscaped. Uh, so check it out, manscaped.com. Enter our discount code, which is rolling across the bottom of the screen, 90 min 20, and you shall receive 20% off of your order as well as free worldwide shipping uh let's go over to the chat box let's take some of your questions as well uh Innie says uh and and thank you for your very kind donation mate he says how strong of a bench are you going with harry the strongest available uh for me the team has to be the strongest uh possible in every aspect we need options from the bench as many as we have currently available to us. We need a strong 11, but we also need the ability to change the game. And I think when you looked at that Chelsea side at the weekend, one of the things that I talked about it on the pod post-match, but one of the things that really stood out to me was their strength and depth in comparison to ours. And you look at a lot of the big sides, you look at Liverpool uh, much more, you look uh, much more strength in depth. You look at Manchester United, you look at Chelsea, you look at Manchester City. And, um, you know, th that, often proves key and pivotal, doesn't it, in, in changing the direction of games if, if they're struggling. So I think Arsenal need to have a strong bench as possible uh, in order to uh, to navigate through this tie, which I hope is going to be a walk in the park, but I really don't see it, i got to say. Um, hopefully I'm completely and utterly wrong about that, but I, I do feel this is going to be a, a difficult evening for Arsenal, a lot more difficult than some people are making it out to be. So there we go. Uh, right, let's pick up some of your questions uh, from the chat box. Uh, let's see what you've got here. Um, Pat Moyle says, uh, when is Partey back? 
Well, we were told that he's going to be back in training in September, um, at the start of September. So you'd imagine he'd be back in training within about a week or so. Uh, but then how long is it going to take him to get back up to scratch? I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I'd, I'd imagine around the middle of September, we'll probably uh, have Thomas Partey back and ready. I wonder if he'll be rushed a little bit just because of where Arsenal currently find themselves and how things have gone so far. But I'm imagining probably second game in September, uh, he'll be back in the frame. Obviously, there's that international break as well, uh, which could help us in terms of not having a game and him getting up to speed that little bit quicker. Uh, Sam says, uh, did you see the tweet from the PSG owner's brother, RE Arsenal, and the links with Overmars to replace Edu? Yeah, that was one of the little news bits that I was going to bring you guys. Um, I thought I'd take some questions first, but we'll address that at the same time because it makes perfect sense. Yeah, there was a tweet, uh, you know, from from... The, the PSG owner's brother, if that's, I don't know that that is his brother, but a few people have told me that. So yeah, um, it's interesting. Um, you know, it looks as though they, they're showing an interest. The Qatari Royal family uh, are showing an interest in, uh, or a member of the Qatari Royal family. I think that's what he is, is uh, showing an interest in Arsenal, but we've seen this before. We've seen people come out of the woodwork and say that they're going to buy the club and then, not follow that through. I mean, is, is it a, that Nigerian businessman? I never remember his name. Is it Dan Gotte, uh, who said it repeatedly and has never done anything about it? So I'm I'm conscious of uh, sort of going down the rabbit hole with stories like this. But you know, we've heard about Daniel Ek. We've heard about him making offers. Those offers not not significant enough to tempt the Cronkies into a sale. You do take a little bit more kind of confidence from this one, though. Qatari royal family. Uh, he's probably got the finance that would at least make the Cronkies come to the table if he is serious. But again, um, how do you force a billionaire to sell? The only way you do that is by being a bigger, stronger and more powerful billionaire and essentially bullying him into it. And that might mean paying way over the odds. Will they do that? I don't know. Will they follow up on that interest or is it just somebody again trying to use the club as a bit of a marketing tool and uh basically you know giving it large but not really ever having the intention of pushing it through i don't know we'll see we'll see uh let's say hello to marshall who's a liverpool fan uh welcome to the channel mate welcome to the show he says hello harry do you rate pablo marie i feel like he ain't an arsenal level player respect from an lfc fan so my view on Pablo Marie is that he's a decent backup centre-half and that is it. Unfortunately, we're in a place now where he has to play, though, because we've got our first-choice centre-back pairing unavailable. And I think if he was playing alongside Rob Holt, uh, playing alongside Ben White, you know, as he did in the first game, again, it's not ideal, but, you know, they didn't really, I didn't think anyway, gel very well, but... You're looking at it and you're saying, well, only one half of our centre-back pairing is available. Therefore, we have to make a change. And so it's almost enforced. And I don't think it's bad if you bring him in three, four, five times over the course of the Premier League season. But to play him every week, I think you're right. He's not at the level that we need and he shouldn't be starting every week. But unfortunately, circumstances right now have dictated that. I don't know how easy it is for a club like Arsenal to attract a top-class centre-half with a view to him being on the bench. And I think a lot of clubs have got this issue. It's people like, look at Man United, right? They've brought in Rafa Varane because last season, centre-back was a bit of an issue for them. Harry Maguire was good at certain points. He was also atrocious at certain points. Victor Lindelof was a bit up and down, a bit inconsistent. Victor, uh, is it Eric Bailly was always injured 
really struggled to stay fit. And Man United have gone and brought in a top centre-half. And now Lindelof, when you're only playing him every few weeks, looks like a pretty decent option. There are a lot of players that fall into that category. And for me, Pablo Marie falls into that category. Not good enough to be a regular starter. Not by any stretch of the imagination. But he wouldn't be playing if we had players fit right now. So I'm also conscious of of really killing Mikel Arteta and killing Arsenal by saying, why have they got this guy playing at centre-back? Well, we know that actually that's not the intention. He's playing because of the circumstances. Let's see uh, what else we've got here. Um, uh, VJ says, uh, greetings from Malaysia. Matt Tomo says, uh, representing Ukraine. Love it, bro. You know what? This is my retro Ukraine top, right? It is one of the most comfortable T-shirts I own. I didn't even think about it this morning, but I did. Um, I did pop it on because I've got a busy day. I'm going to be sitting here in the studio pretty much most of it and all night tonight as well, bringing you guys the live watch along. So, um, so yeah, I want it to be as comfortable as possible. <laughs> uh, what else have we got? Right. North Bank Highbury says, that, what if we lose to a non-full strength West Brom side tonight? Surely he has to go. He can't survive that kind of defeat. Well, regardless of whether we lose tonight, I don't think that we, I don't think that Mikel Arteta gets sacked tomorrow. But it would be a major black mark against his name. And, you know, there are a lot of defeats that I didn't like and I I got frustrated by. But I kind of went, OK, you know, this was a defeat and uh, and we move on from it. But there are certain defeats over the course of a manager's tenure that really hurt and really, you know, come back to bite you when that decision is made about your future. When it gets to that point where the club are considering whether to continue with you or not. There will be certain defeats that stay in the mind that people will always remember and will always go back to. And one of them last season was the the exit to Southampton in the FA Cup. I know a lot of Arsenal fans were really disappointed, frustrated by that and pissed off that he messed around with the team and we essentially got knocked out when, yes, we were chasing Europe in the league, but did we really stand a chance of, um, of doing it at that point in January? Maybe not. And that was one of the defeats that sticks with people, as was the defeat to Villarreal in the uh, in the Europa League. And this one would be one of those, wouldn't it? It would be one of those defeats that when you get to that point as a football club where you're considering whether to persist with Mikel Arteta, it's one that will stick out. It's one that the backlash that comes if you do fail is going to be huge and maybe something that you can't hold off anymore. I, I still don't think he gets sacked. Uh, if if Arsenal lose to West Brom. But I understand, as I say, why it would be one of those fixtures that um, people will look at and refer to and be really, really upset about. Uh, let's see what else we have got in the chat box. Uh, Panache says, uh, Ramsdale's distribution will surprise a lot of people. He's miles clear of Leno in that aspect. You will see, fingers crossed, he is, um, because uh, that's something that we're really missing at the moment. So I'm looking forward uh, to hopefully seeing a little bit more of that. Let's uh, let's just quickly round up a couple of bits of news before I go back to the chat box and take some more of your comments and questions because there are a couple of stories doing the rounds. I, I don't know if anybody's seen, by the way, that piece um, in The Athletic this morning, David Ornstein with Jack Wilshire. Really good read that. But what I would say is even better than that is if you go over to the Highbury squad where Jack Wilshire joined uh, Sophie Nicolau and Kevin Campbell a few weeks back uh, to talk about this very subject. And it was a really good eye-opening interview uh, with Jack Wilshire. So read the piece. It's great. But 
if you want to go one better, check out the Highbury Squad channel. Uh, give them a, giving them a little plug as well. Check them out. Uh, they do great content uh, very frequently as well. So make sure you head over and check them out. Uh, also, just wanted to touch on the Hussein Mawa stuff. I know a lot of Arsenal fans are desperate to see him come to the club and have been for quite a while. Uh, Get French Football News are claiming today that Leon are very open and very interested, in fact, in selling the player, in moving him on this summer, and that he could be available for 15 to 20 million pounds, which feels like a bit of a steal. However, they say the interest in the midfielder, and I quote, has dried up. And the reason that Leon are so fed up and want to get him out is due to his, and I quote again, poor attitude. So is that the type of player we want at the club? Not really sure, but it's just interesting, isn't it? That last season, he was such a big target in many people's eyes, the main priority. And now this season, he's available on a cut price deal just 12 months down the line and nobody wants to know. Uh, I do find that interesting. The other bit is uh, is around Willian. There's been a lot of noise about his potential departure uh, in the last 24 hours or so. And there are some reports saying that we've agreed to terminate his contract by terminate I mean, pay him off uh, to get lost. And this is another um, thing with Arsenal. You know, on the one hand, you're sitting there thinking, well, it's a waste of money. And we're now having to dip into our budget to pay this guy off um, and get him out. But on the other hand, you're saying, well, at least they're being ruthless. At least they're not letting him stink out the club for another season before he eventually moves on for nothing. At least they are recognising the mistake, cutting their losses early and moving it on, which shows a ruthlessness that... Maybe we haven't seen at Arsenal in recent years, you have to say. Let's see what else we've got. Um, Eli says, uh, hi, Harry. I think Trippier, White, Gabriel and Tierney would be a cracking back for your thoughts. Yeah, Arsenal being linked with a move for Kieran Trippier. There's reports coming out as well today, though, that he would prefer a move to Manchester United, which when you look at our current state is understandable. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I think Kieran Trippier would, would be a great signing. I think he's a fantastic right back. Good defensively, but also incredibly effective in the final third. Has a wonderful delivery as well. Can add something from set pieces. Um, not not young and not necessarily the profile that Arsenal are looking at, but it's one of those where if the opportunity were to present itself and all the terms were right, I think Arsenal should should explore. Um, I think it's important that that White and Gabriel get time to to gel together because that is the central defensive pairing for for the years to come. You feel. Um, Tierney's fantastic when he's fit. And uh, and I think Trippier would complement him well on the other side. So, yeah, let's see. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Jason Todd says, Harry, what do you think of Victor Ossiman from uh, Lazio? He's at Napoli, uh, Victor Ossiman. Uh, and Felix from Atletico. I think either could, either could be decent replacements for Oba or Lacazette. Yeah, I like Victor Ossiman. He, he struggled a little bit last season with injuries, but he, he is someone that's shown glimpses of being... Uh, a really, really top player. So, yeah, not against that. But again, what is it going to take to get him away? It's going to be massive, isn't it? You're going to need big, big money um, to sign Victor Ossiman uh, from Napoli. As I say, I don't really see that happening. But um, interestingly as well, he was sent off at the weekend. But yeah, don't see that happening. Um, like the player, but but don't see it happening because of the finance. Aurelio De Laurentiis as well of Napoli's very notoriously very difficult guy to deal with when he doesn't want to sell a player. Uh, Jao Felix is a great player as well. Uh, not sure that we'd be able to prize him away either, given the level of investment that Atleti made in him and then what they'd obviously ask for uh, in order to let him go. I do think Atleti will sell players between now and the end of the window, but not just yet. 
uh what else have we got uh 10 sex dan says uh what's up bro loving the stream again i put a 10 game accumulator on last night nine games won and all i need is arsenal uh to win for a two grand cash out uh why do i think they're gonna let me down do you think i should cash out oh I don't want to be the guy to advise you on this in case I'm wrong and you come back looking for me. But what is the cash out out of interest? Let me know in the chat box. What is the cash out that they're offering you currently? And then that would help, wouldn't it, decide whether it's worth doing or not. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Um, uh, IS says, thanks for the excellent content. No, thank you guys for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Uh, lots more questions. If I miss some of them, I do apologize uh but the, the the chat box is constantly updating so let me uh just pick up uh, one or two more before we go let's see let's see what we got here or oh, 106 dan says 750 at the minute oh so 750 or 2 grand i'd back the arsenal i'd back the arsenal um and and, and go for the 2 grand Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It, what did you bet on it? How much did you put down? And that is obviously uh, key as well. Lots of the people in the chat saying to you, you're brave betting on Arsenal. Don't do not do it. <laughs> Josh says, take the money and run. You can't trust Arsenal. Sam says, brave betting on Arsenal. Terence says, I'd stick. Kurt says, go for it. Yeah, I'd probably go for it as well. But that's the way I am with betting. I'm quite I'm very much of the opinion that if I'm not going to see it through, why did I do it in the first place? And anything I win is uh, is a bonus. So, um, yeah, I would go for it. But please don't hold me accountable if it fails. Uh, let's take this one uh, from Eddie Longbridge to wrap up. Um, he says, uh, what's your score prediction for tonight? I think 5-0. Big win needed. We need happy times. I think Arsenal going to win 2-0 tonight. That's my prediction. Uh, two nil to the Arsenal at the Hawthorns. Let's see. Um, big hello to uh, C double HS fans as well. as Harry's the best. Agree with our, your lineup, except I think Tavares will play instead of Tierney. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he did, uh, especially given that Tierney limped off of the game uh, at Chelsea or against Chelsea on the weekend. Let's take this one just finally as well from Josh. I says, Harry, do you think we only saw the best of Arteta when he was able to use the water breaks to reinforce and coach the players in the first lockdown mm, to a degree, but that's, that's not something he can use as an excuse, right? We, we need to be better. We need to be uh, ready going into games. He's not going to get the opportunity to coach teams during matches um, the way he wants and into that level of detail, unless there is a, a water break like that. So no, I, I, maybe we saw more out of him in that stage because of that. I, I do think that, but, I think he can't use that as an excuse for sure. Right. Uh, let's just quickly run you through my lineup to face West Bromwich Albion once again before we jump off. So uh, Ramsdale in goal, Chambers holding, Pablo Marie and Tierney are my back four. In midfield, I'm going to go with Xhaka and Lokonga. Odegaard just in front of them. Emil Smith-Rowe from the left. Pepe from the right. And Aubameyang up top. Let's... Um, Checking quickly where we are in terms of the likes. We've got over 325 of you watching us live on YouTube right now. Plenty more will tune in, I'm sure, between now and the game. But we've only got 76 likes on the board. Come on, guys. We can get that over 100. 
at least. In fact, we should be aiming for something more like one, two, five. Hit that like button. It really, really does help. It supports me, supports the channel. And if you want to go one further by becoming a member, you can do so by clicking on the link in the description or the join button underneath the video. If you're listening via the audio, please do me a favor and leave us a review. That really, really helps. And as I say, we'll be back later on tonight with live coverage of Arsenal's trip to West Brom in the Carabao Cup second round, exclusive to our YouTube channel. So if you are an audio listener, get yourself over there. 7.45, we'll be going live. Myself and Mike Stavrou uh, talking about the lineup and then taking you through the game. Until then, take care. Ciao. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.